0: Yankees Files podcast. We are back. I'm Will Harris, you're Alec Whipple, you're Ryan Garcia, and you're Nick Nielsen, and this is the long-awaited Yankees Files and Fireside Yankees crossover. Whipple, having you on is normal. Ryan and Nick, it's
1: great to have you here. Dude, it is an honor to be here. Uh, We got the playoffs tomorrow. The Yankees are taking on Cleveland, who, thank God, we'll get into this later, I hope. Thank God it's not... You know, they got home, sent home, no playoff wins. You know, Cleveland comes into town. You know, uh, just no devil magic in the playoffs. No no Canadians in the playoffs. This is probably one of the best vibes we have going into an American League Division Series in the last few years. You know, no Tampa, no Canadians. This is about as good as it
2: gets, man. Yeah, everything no Boston to money. Yeah, no Boston. But that, No one was... rolled as Chapman. Yes, that's the <laughs> best part of this postseason. That's why the vibes are so good. Like, for once, I at least feel like, okay, we're not going to throw out a bullpen arm that's going to completely implode and throw everything we worked for down the drain. The it's Mets can't say thing. the same. The Mets cannot say that. dude. <laughs> we should be taking a victory lap
0: right now. I should personally be taking a victory lap. I dug up some old uh, podcast content earlier today from March. I was saying that the Rays were bad. I was saying it. Whipple is calling them inevitable. I was saying they were bad on May 9th. We had Gabe on the podcast at playoff Tanaka underscore shout out Gabe. Everyone who listens to this knows who Gabe what is. Babe. Um, And I offered him on that day an opportunity to say the Rays are bad. And he said he wouldn't say it and that the Rays would, if he said it, win 102 games in the World Series. And what did they do? They won like 89 games and zero playoff games. They scored one run in 24 innings in the playoffs. The Blue Jays blew a massive lead at home, got swept by the Mariners, who, like, hadn't been in the playoffs in Bo Bichette's lifetime. Uh, Bo Bichette, the stupidest baseball player on the planet, by the way. The Mets won 101 games. Massive division collapse. Couldn't beat the Padres in two games at home. The Padres didn't even win 90 games. Their star player was out for steroids. I mean, it's... For all the crap the Yankees took all year for having their huge division lead get slightly smaller, every fan base that tried to give us shit completely embarrassed themselves mm-hmm. over the remainder of the season. And I think that we should be taking some credit for that.
3: And I will say for the Mets and the Blue Jays specifically, for anyone complaining about the wild card series, you got extra chances compared to where your team would have been last year. So the only the only one I'll hear arguments about the wild card series being kind of a, a, a disappointment compared to the previous format as the Cardinals because division winners would have made it, but it's the Mets and the Blue Jays fans who are the loudest on Twitter. And so those are the ones that we can clown on and they deserve it. I mean, especially the Mets, I think, you know, they had a great year, but they choked so hard when they needed to win just one more game. And, you know, the Blue Jays collapse speaks for itself. Um, there's a lot of good teams left in the playoffs and, you you know, the Mets just could not be among those teams. I think if the Mets were playing the Yankees, I would be worried. And, you know, like I would be worried it would be a good matchup. It wouldn't be a pushover for the Yankees. But maybe I was wrong considering they couldn't win one more game against the Cubs, Braves or Padres. I mean, no, you're absolutely
2: right. You're right. And that's the thing. Like the Phillies even did better than the Mets in the postseason. And this is what's crazy to me is that the Phillies every year are the let's fuck around and find out Phillies. And this year... (laughs) all of a sudden their moves that they had made in the past three or four seasons and this season going into it kind of came together and worked out i forgot david robertson was him and then he was once again him i'm like dude first of all david robertson looks like he does in 2009 like that needs to be studied that is some benjamin button ass shit going on over there i don't know how the guy is 39 38 however old he is and he looks younger than he did when he first came up and his cutter he's throwing it harder like there's some devil magic going on in the Robertson, Alabama household, and we need to explore that shit. But I, I, my favorite part of this podcast already is just the immediate hatred toward the, the rival teams. It, it's just crazy. Like you said, Will, coming into the season, there was not really a target on the Yankees back per se. It was more of a the Yankees did so poorly coming into this year that we're not going to worry about them. And Ryan and I did our, of course, inaugural episode together in spring training with Fireside Yankees. And we talked about how we both think the Rays are good and the Blue Jays are really good. But why is everyone just looking at this Yankees team and is like, oh yeah, this is a fourth place team. Like we were talking about it mainly with Boston because Boston, for whatever reason, those delusional ass moronic fans thought that this year's team was the one. They thought that a Chris Sale that hadn't pitched in a year and a half, a James Paxton who hadn't pitched in a year and a half, and Nathan Eovaldi, who just had the craziest like one-off season I've ever seen, we're gonna get them to the promised land. And that Bobby Dalbec was the third baseman of the future. Well, we learned all of this shit is false, all of it. And it's just it makes me happy. Like going into tomorrow, the fact that the Yankees got where they are right now, how they did it, they battled adversity. There, like you said, there are memes about them losing the division lead and not making the playoffs, which is just ludic- like ludicrous to me. But they battled all of that, thanks to Aaron Judge, obviously. I mean, the guy OPS thirteen hundred from the All Star break on. Is that good? Eh, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't. It, it's tough. You you ask some franchises if it's good and they don't know because they've never had a player do that in their history. Like, look at point. the Tigers. There's, there's like, what, they just when the hell was the say. last really good thirteen hundred OPS Tigers player? Never. Like, I don't think Al I have Kaline heard did it. Of
0: Miguel Cabrera. Well, yeah, For but sure. Miggy,
2: Miggy never had 1300 OPS. Miggy was just like, watch me hit bat 360 while hitting 30 dogs. Want to see me do it again? If we're Whereas, really going. Judge, to what Judge just did today. this year, dude. Never seen it before in my life. Never will again. Right?
3: <laughs> that was comprehensive.
2: Oh, I, I guess.
1: Never uh, win. Uh, my internet sucks, Uh, but I don't know if you guys can hear me now. We got gotcha. you. Uh, okay, cool. The one team I really want to get on, the Rays, man. Oh, man, I've been waiting. I hate this team. Okay. They Dude, won 86 games. You said eight, they won 86, bro. They won 86. They oh, I gave them credit for 89, didn't I? Dude, they're, te- yeah, they're, they're, they were dog crap. Dude, this team, this freaking team had no offense. Garbage. They, cou- they struck out a lot. They couldn't hit home runs. They were not great on the base pass. They didn't play great defense. They were uh, they were losing games to us the way we lost games to them before. And everyone was like, watch out for the Rays. They're going to be a tough matchup for the Yankees. I had people telling me, quote tweeting me when, uh, when I said Corey Kluber, how am I going to supposed to be afraid of a pitching staff that uses Corey Kluber heavily, right? And they were coming back when Kluber shut us out. And they're like, oh, oh, look at you now, you moron, Kluber. Look at that big boy, Kluber. And what happens in the postseason? What did Kluber do? The guy who gave up the walk-off Home Do you know how many times I tweeted that video <laughs> immediately after that? I think I tweeted it like at least seven or eight times because you know what? They deserve it. They don't spend money. They don't have depth. I think they'll be good next year because they're going to have, you know, guys come back healthy, whatever. But how can you allow that team to be healthy? Right? Everyone gives the Yankee shit. They can't be healthy. They can't stay healthy. Their second baseman Brandon Lau. Oh well, they're missing him. He's played 150 games, I think, twice in his career. Twice. How many times uh, has Shane Boz? Shane Boz has never thrown 90 professional innings in his profession in his career. 90 professional innings this season. How do you expect the guy to stay healthy? Tyler Glass now, he's always hurt. Shane McClanahan is still building himself back, building himself into a high volume starter. You know, you can't be, you cannot operate the way they operate and expect to stay healthy all the time. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, my house that. Oh look! I know the joke kind of gets overused. Whatever. If anyone wants to say it gets overused, I get it. But it's your house, and two people pop champagne there. I don't even like Canada, but it felt good to pop champagne there. You know what, man? This is an American sport. All right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we do not need Toronto in this stupid league. All right. But anyways, in all, in all seriousness, though, the Mariners got in the circle, started dancing on their field after coming back seven runs. If the Yankees did anything that those two teams did, which is score run, run, one run against the Cleveland team, that, oh, well, they're in the AL Central. They stink. You scored one run there. And then the next team, the second-place team, blows an 8-1 lead. I promise you, if the Yankees ever did that, no one would ever pick them to ever come close to the division again. And I don't have that same sort of hatred for the Mets. I, I just... I. I hate the Blue Jays and Rays so much more, but for the Mets, Max Scherzer has had a worse postseason resume than Garrett Cole for as long as Garrett Cole has been an Astro in all those years. And everyone kept talking about how Max Scherzer's a man. He's a he's a he's a he's a bulldog ace. Garrett Cole doesn't have that in him. And what does Max Scherzer go out and do? Prove that everyone is human. Do not sit here and tell me that Max Scherzer is this unbelievably tough guy and that Garrett Cole's some weenie. All right. Now, Garrett Cole's going to go out and stink tomorrow, but you know what? Garrett Cole's really going to have to stink for his ERA to climb up 0.6 points to get up to Max Scherzer's put off ERA. I've had it enough with these fans who just come up with these stupid narratives for the Yankees. You got proven wrong this year. You're going to get proven wrong next year. You're going to be going to finish in third. You're going to be wrong every year you pick this team to finish third or fourth because they're so much better than a lot of the teams in that division. Does run have a great offense? Yes, but is is Alec Manolo going to put up a two two eight 2 yard Reagan? again? No, no shot. Is, no, is no, Are you going to see that offense be great? Yes. But are they going to address yeah. the pitching staff? I think they'll still be good. You know, they got names. It's fine. You know, you what? know like Kikuchi, he's him. <laughs>
0: <For> Rios, <laughs> yeah, no, <Cucucci>. he's him.
2: <laughs> He'll figure it out. What, what's, whatever three, two, whatever, three, two, whatever happened to a, what's his name? Nate Pearson, the number one pitching prospect in pace. Oh, yeah. Nate Pearson just literally fell off the face of the earth. How many high leverage
0: innings do you think they're going to give to Tim Mesa and Adam Simber next year? What an embarrassment.
2: Isn't
3: David Phelps there too still? (laughs) Oh, but (laughs) don't worry about the all star closer, Jordan Romano, who obviously kept that game tied on uh, Saturday. Dude, he (laughs) was cooked, though. I felt so bad. I felt so bad for him when he came out through
2: the second inning. I was like, dude, your arm is about to fall off. And they're just like, fuck it, go. Throw something over the plate.
1: There's no feeling bad for Jordan Romano on this podcast.
0: Um,
2: I
1: remember I uh, tweeted something about Michael King needing to make the All-Star team and all the Blue Jays fans were like, oh, but Jordan Romano, Jordan Romano. Well,
0: Junior that's Blue Jays fans sucking,
2: dude. San Santiago Espinal was in the All-Star game yeah, because those it, fans That's fans a are war
0: delusional. crime. The, the Espinal thing is far, far
2: worse. Yeah, it's because um, Blue Jays fans just don't watch baseball and they're just like, oh, that's my team's logo. So they slap it on the All-Star vote and then we have that shit that we had. And then you have well, people they... like saying, you know, Vlad, <laughs> simply based on name, should be starting in the All Star game when he has like, like a 108 wRC yeah, I was plus like, There's like to that four point. first yeah. basemen better than Vlad at this point. Yeah. No, Granted, it's... he ended the year great. I will give Vlad credit. You don't need
0: you don't need to be fair, Nick. This isn't the Major League Baseball no. Files podcast. No, well, I, I think well, the... I
3: want
2: to. I want to be somewhat fair. I don't want to just be up here like you know, hey, like bash. What team. do you got? We got to
3: guys. We got to give Vlad credit. He was a league leader in. Quotes that made him look like a dumbass at the end of the year. <laughs> what was it like? He had like eight. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a lot impressive. more than
0: anyone else. He lapped the field. Um, so look, guys, the playoffs start tomorrow for For some teams. The Yankees include the playoffs already started for some other teams that like didn't win in their division or were bad. Um, but the playoffs the start card. tomorrow for the Yankees. And there are some legitimate roster questions. That we need to discuss so earlier today I tweeted out like if the Yankees are taking 14 position players and 12 pitchers here's who I would have um, but I think there are a couple kind of central questions that influence. uh what you know h- how the roster ends up looking and the first is is DJ LeMahieu even going to be on the roster because. If you ask me, if you're taking 14 guys, you have a five-man bench, and your bench can have Higashioka, Lacastro, Carpenter, Peraza already, Like, is there really that good an argument to take Hicks or Marwin over DJ? Whipple, what do you think?
3: I feel like DJ should not be on this roster, but I feel like he's going to be because I, the Yankees cannot get enough of having guys who they think might be factors later in the series on, you know, from the jump. And I think if you were to take them off the roster and try to get them ready for the ALCS, I think that's a totally defensible position. I just feel like there is this enamorment. I I will say for Clay Holmes too. I mean, Clay Holmes is already known not to be ready for game one, and maybe they don't have bullpen options, but I just get worried when we're already writing off games for 20% of a five game series for players. So, but that's how the Yankees operate. They want to get their guys in there even if it means voluntarily giving up some time with them. Um, and I'm more worried about DJ because I just feel like the you know they're not being forthright about his injury. But having said that, I mean, his numbers weren't too bad at the end of the year. And I feel like he will be on. And I, I guess I hope it's just as a bench player, but um, I'm kind of prepared for anything. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the exact machinations for that is. And especially because they said they're going to take, you know, only 12 pitchers and 14 position players. Um, but if you have to, yeah, I mean, I guess gun to my head, I think DJ is on that roster tomorrow.
0: Ryan, do you have DJ on the roster? And if so, who's your five-man bench?
1: So I have LeMahieu on the roster, and I know that there's the concerns with injury. And it's the reports have definitely not been favorable for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way I see it is, It's him or like Hicks and Marwin, and it's more so the least bad player. And I'm not saying this to crap on Lemayu. He had a he had a strong year overall. It's just the injury, man. I mean, I don't I don't know how, how much I can get from him. But one thing I do know is that he can at least get on base, which is nice. I know I know he doesn't have to he doesn't expand the zone much, which is a big difference from Lemayu uh, this year. And in kind of the initial years as a Yankee, where he was all hit, no OBP, mm-hmm. uh, or not no OBP, but wasn't a walking guy. Um, and you know, if you need a pinch hitting situation, if I have you know second and third, no one out. Uh, I would go with Lemayhu over Marwin and Hicks. and That's a very niche situation, but in the playoffs, you sometimes carry guys are extremely niche situations. I go to Carpenter first, of course, uh, mm. but you don't know if Carpenter is even available at that point. Maybe you use them early in the game. You, you legitimately never know. Uh, um, and like, what is Marwin real? Like, you're never bringing Marwin into pinch it. Maybe you're bringing him as a defense substitution, you could justify it like that. But even Aaron Hicks, like, do we feel? Com- do we think it's fair to Aaron Hicks to try to put him in a position with runners in scoring position in October in Yankee Stadium? I feel like that's just like that's, that has to be like a, a form of human torture. And I don't think the U.S. like the New York State government, the Court of Appeals, which by the way I learned is the highest court in the uh, in New York State. Take shout out to my business law class. This guys in college. I' uh, we go. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I to drop it. that I one on that
1: that real quick. <laughs> But I don't think they would approve. I don't think they would approve of uh, Mr. Of Mr. Aaron Hicks getting tortured like that. Like that would just, that's legitimate. Like that's, that's actually, me- that's actually messed up. Like he'd get booed to no end if he just stepped to the plate. And so if he got out, I mean, I, I don't trust Hicks no spots. I, I trust LeMay a little more. Um, and at this point, I mean, it's also how explainable it is to the fans. You can explain LeMay he won the roster. You can't really explain, you know, Aaron Hicks on the roster.
0: Nick, do you have DJ on the roster? And moving on from that, how do you see Matt Carpenter
2: being used? Well, first of all, to answer your first question, I guess I'm going to be contrarian here to everyone in the group. I do not see DJ making the roster. My reason is. So my bench, I have. Now, this is. This is a very interesting bench. Hear me you out. You have
0: Everson out. Pereira on your bench? No, now. no, I don't have Everson <laughs> has, Pereira on the bench. He has Ron
2: Maranaccio <laughs> as a hitter on the bench. <laughs> Dude, get Ron out there. I guarantee you he hits harder than IKF. Um, but so my bench, I have Peraz on the bench. I have Higgy as the backup catcher. I've got LaCastro as the pinch runner. Mm-hmm. And then I have, now this is where it gets a bit confusing, I guess you could say. Because I have, go, well, see, this is what's so fucky right now with this Yankees team, is that, DJ LeMahieu is not healthy right now. That is clear as day. DJ LeMahieu since August 1st, 137 plate appearances, 49 WRC plus, OPSing 500. So no, I don't want him on the postseason roster if he's not healthy. But at the same time, like you said, there's not really a lot of guys you could toss up there. It's, It's just crazy to me because I think that there are other guys in the minor leagues that the Yankees would honestly elect to pull instead of DJ. But I maybe you have Carpenter on the bench. Personally, I have Carpenter in the starting lineup. But you could put Carpenter as the five on the bench there if you wanted to. Or, for all I care, the Yankees could just do what some other teams have done, including the Mariners, and deploy a three-catcher bench and call up Ben Rortvet for the postseason. Because we've seen that happen with two or three teams that have done that. So I don't know. It's just my thing is DJ's not healthy. So why would you waste a, a bench spot on a chance that maybe you bring in DJ but he's clearly not a 49 WRC plus in the last two months of the season. I know he missed a lot of September, but it just shows that he's not right. And as you know, like you mentioned, you alluded to it. We've talked about this before. DJ has said himself, the only way for this injury to get better is for me to literally sit down and not do baseball for like four months, Mm -hmm. but he didn't do that. And now we're seeing, well, he wants to play and I admire that spirit and that fire and that competitiveness. But if you're going to go up there and put up and bat, I know I don't use one at batting average, but if you're going to bat 195 with a 223 BABIP and a 049 isolated power, that's worse than IKF at his worst. So it's like, I don't want to use a roster spot on that. And that's why I said, maybe use Carp on the bench. So you're
0: not bringing DJ LeMayhew... You're bring and you're not bringing Gonzalez or Hicks. Oh, well, oh wait,
2: me. shit, I forgot about that. Give me a second. Shit, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, okay, forget the whole three catcher argument. We're bringing Aaron Hicks. Reason is <laughs> okay. that Aaron Hicks can play left field competently. I know he had the whole what like happened on the foul ball line, and he just like stood there like shit. You know, this is a good time for like some me time. Yeah, that wasn't good, but he's shown that he can play the positions, all three outfield, well, and his ability to take walks and work counts does at least give him some value. So I think I think he makes the roster. Yeah, my bad. I completely forgot like, about Higgs.
0: It sounds like you have a potentially novel opinion on how you would use Matt Carpenter. So yeah, I Matt like Carpenter should that. be
2: starting. Like, I don't think and how do issue. you
0: how do you align the team to allow Matt Carpenter to well, start?
2: Here's here's what I, I just continually struggle to understand is why do the Yankees treat Giancarlo Stanton like he can literally only do one thing and that's hit home runs. It's basically been this model of G. We need to keep you bubble wrapped and healthy till the postseason. So what that means is you can't touch the outfield guys. Giancarlo Stanton is a professional MLB fucking player. He can play corner outfield for three games. So toss Giancarlo in right. And here's the other thing I don't care if there's a lefty on the mound or a righty, because Carpenter against lefties this year put up like a 290 WRC yeah. plus. So that's not a problem to me. It's just getting his bat in the lineup. I have Carp DHing and Giancarlo in right, Bader in left, Judge in center. That's so how have- it should be.
0: You have Oswaldo Cabrera not playing?
2: Yeah. Well, oh, damn it. Ooh, this is so hard. <laughs> I I thought my, about grandmother, this a my grandmother, my grandmother, you this could put Oswaldo at shortstop. You could have I, Oswaldo plays literally any position. I'd I toss Oswaldo at third if I'm being for real and then have JD on the bench, but then we have more.
0: This is, look,
2: I'll <laughs> How give you some players. players that the Yankees have? Like 39 <laughs> that are in contention right now. This well, is they, fucked.
0: At one point, my grandmother listens to this podcast. Oh, Watch I'm yourself. Sorry. I'm, um, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. At, at one point, Every healthy Yankee who had ever pl- every Yankee on the 40 men roster who had ever played an inning of Major League Baseball, meaning excluding Everson Pereira, was either on the roster, or on the IL or on the paternity list at one point in like late August. So that was a unique situation. Whipple, how would you use Matt Carpenter?
3: I think that he should not be starting right off the jump because let's just remember he hasn't played Major League Baseball since July. And I know he was really good. I just feel like it's a little unfair to him to get him right in the starting lineup. I think you you bring him off the bench and you maybe you start him in one of the first few games, just like ease him back in because if the Yankees are gonna get to where they want to get to, you know, they have three full series they gotta get through. And I think if Matt Carpenter, you know, shows he's good, then put him back in the starting lineup, figure it out. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with using, you know, what you said, Nick, about standing in the outfield and trying to get Oswaldo somewhere else. I just think that's a little unfair to him and just like in general to the lineup they've established. Like, I think what I think's going to happen is they're going to run out that lineup on game one of the playoffs that we saw so many times throughout the last few weeks of the season. And I think Carpenter will be on the bench. And I bet he starts at some point in the first few games, but... I, I just don't think you can start him right away. Um, but I mean, the fact that he's playing at all, like, let's remember it's pretty incredible. So like patience, everyone. I think if the Yankees are doing a full playoff run, like the intention is then Matt Carpenter will be heavily involved in some way, shape or form, but you know, they're not going to win the world series in game one of the ALDS. Well, that's
2: where you're wrong. As, as far as I, I mean, as far as I was told by Mets fans and blue Jays fans, this is where, <laughs> where it all begins. Game one is our world series. Montreal watch out. <laughs>
0: um this is you know i think the other major roster question is and i think you know this one is by no means settled as we discussed matt carpenter could not be in the lineup in game one and in the lineup in game two there were allusions today to stanton playing the outfield later in the series maybe which i think is interesting i don't know what spot they'd want to put him in Uh, especially if it's in Cleveland. Um, So, I mean, there are a number of questions there. I think they'd really need to prioritize keeping Cabrera's bat in the lineup. Do you sit IKF? Are you willing to put Cabrera short in a playoff game? I don't know. Would you put him at third? How is Donaldson going to look? Like, I think there are are a lot of questions to consider in that realm. Um, What I was noticing today is even with a 12-man pitching staff, once you account for all the starters, you still have seven bullpen spots. And I think a number of the bullpen spots are settled, but even with Marinaccio on the IL and Chapman off the team. Thank God. Thank God. It's (laughs) not obvious who these seven guys should be. So the guys I laid out were Luizaga, Holmes, Peralta, Schmidt, Trevino, Efros, and Litge. But like I don't know, the Yankees really like Miguel Castro. The Yankees really like Greg Weissert. The Yankees really like Albert Abreu. Like, a, am I right about those guys or who's getting that last spot, Whipple?
3: I mean, I think that you're pretty spot on um, of, of the other group. I just don't see how you give it to Castro. Like, how are we going to let Miguel Castro, who came in one game in Texas and looked just as bad as he had when he was left off or when he was injured, you're Lost really going to no trust no, dude. him? Mm. yeah like I mean that was immediately lost the no-no like it was like so like foreseeable but like I don't know why he was pitching in that game but like the point
0: (laughs) is like Luis Severino an apology yeah he he owes him an apology a beer and a steak
3: (laughs) 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 I mean I think you have to go Weissert if you're considering anyone else outside that group right like I mean am I wrong there
1: Ryan what do you think I I have to go with that group of seven look I know that Lickie in high leverage is not ideal. I don't think they're going to go with him in high leverage, but here's the thing that Lickie provides you that Castro cannot. He can go two or three. He might even be able to get you into a third inning, maybe not complete yeah. it, but get you into the third inning. Um, we just saw Cleveland play 15 innings, right? Um, they They are, I don't want to say annoying in like a way that makes it seem like I'm calling them like immoral. I mean, more like annoying in the way of like, they will pitch you to death. They will not stop pitching you to death until they get what they want. Um, and so, you know, you need to have pitching alongside that. And if you have, you know, Schmidt, herman's high you're going to have some length there, but you don't want to use all those guys in one game, you know, Licky can, or even if you're up a lot, right. Think about it. If the Yankees are up, you know, uh, you know, six, one, right. In, in game one, you know, hopefully that'd be a great situation you know, nice, you know, stress free win mm-hmm. emphasis on stress-free, um, yeah, you know, if it's six, one, seven, one, and you want to go with Licky in the eighth and he, you know, he. Does well in the eighth and in the ninth. You get, you get, let him start the ninth, right? And he gives you that ninth inning. You just save two innings of the, of the bullpen. Now, are you going to trust Miguel Castro in any situation? We just saw what the Mariners just nope. did to the Blue Jays. Does anyone want to sit here and start punting innings? I'm sorry. I'm not punting. This is why I didn't want to roll this Chapman to touch the roster. You cannot punt a single inning of a postseason series when you're up. If you're down seven runs and it's game five after, I get it. I get, I get it at that point. But if you're going to punt a game, in you know game one you're up seven runs you're gonna start punting innings your team can come back put like that away. this right you know it would have been cool you know i really wish weiser could have put it together because i think he's just cool the mustache is dope you know and what his i mean slider's
2: but, elite slider slider's one of the best pitches in in our bowl yeah play. Stuff-wise, it does well. The issue
1: is obviously the command. Uh, and, and, you know, we're hopefully, I think next year, we're going to see a lot more of Greg Weiser. I think Greg Weiser talking the offseason is going to be pretty fun. But Lucas Liggy is also one of the only lefty options. Peralta is the only one, uh, I think, you know, with Britain, you know, getting injured and Chapman gone. You don't have lefties in that bullpen. Not saying that like he's going to come in again and, you know, face, you know, bases loaded. And it's, you know, Medro, uh, not a med- uh, Rosario, Andres Jimenez, uh, you know, coming in, <laughs> bases loaded. Two outs and here comes Lucas Litge. But, you know, it's you need to have more than one lap in my opinion. I think that'd be mm-hmm. nice to have it, especially if you can have it. Um, and then as for the other guys, I think they're all locks. You know, Holmes yeah. is, if he's healthy, he's going to be in that roster. I think Holmes with the more sinker-heavy approach. I think he went a little too cute with the slider. You know, he's trying to figure out that secondary pitch and something to go against lefties with. Or when he lost that sinker command, he was trying to find something to compensate for it. But nah, dude, you got an elite sinker. Throw that pitch. That's your best pitch. Throw it as much as possible. Go get ground balls. Go get me out. Go do your thing, right? Loaizaga looks great lately. Trevino is... So weird. I don't understand lucha <laughs> He like I, dude. He is fun in the weird. He's just like, you know, how do I don't know how to I don't know who to compare him to. But I feel like he's gonna get just a huge out in October and just he's be a to. Yankee legend. He's got. Right? It. Uh, you know, I would have looked at Albert Abreu if they were carrying a thirteenth pitcher as the you know that extra option. I would have ne- I would have stayed away from Castro just because I know Abreu yep. can throw strikes a little more reliably, which is weird to say because yeah, you go, <laughs> I would have never told you this. Uh, but. You know, the bullpen, I think, is gonna be a strength of this team. I know they've had injuries, but it's a strength of this team. I still think it's a strength for this team. The pitching staff's a strength of this team. They match up very well with Cleveland in terms of pitching strength. It comes down to the lineup, right? As long as it and it does carpenter doesn't have to start for this team to score. This team needs Matt Carpenter so desperately to score three or four runs in a game. They shouldn't, they weren't gonna win yeah. the world series. So, you know, Donaldson, I don't want him hitting fifth. Hit him a little lower in the lineup, figure it out. You know, let Cabrera get a little bit higher in the order. Glaber Stanton, Rizzo, Judge, that five right there. That's your runs. Everyone else's complimentary pieces. You hope IKF runs to a couple hits. You know, he back ups away to hitting 350 in A L D S. You know, maybe Trevino hits a couple big hits and uh Bader makes a couple really nice plays, and that's your bait. That's how you're gonna win baseball games. Those five mm-hmm. guys and the other four guys, whatever they give you, they give you, and then you pitch your way that you've pitched all year and you're going to go to the world series and win it right you know i think a lot of people are subscribing themselves to the idea that okay we get past the lds maybe and then the astros beat us in the lcs you Fuck know that no, yeah, no screw, like, screw, screw that screw that screw that noise
3: you know <laughs> Loser
2: look
1: look Yes. Is that are the Astros very good? Yeah. And is there a good chance we play them? You know, could that be a team that sends us home? Absolutely. I'm not, you know, overlooking the Astros, but screw that noise, man. Go into October. Have fun, right? You never know when you're going to get to this point again. You never know if you're going to, you know, fall into the wild card next year and you you get knocked out there. Have your fun now. The teams we hate have gotten knocked. The teams that we don't like just got knocked out. Houston's still there. I I despise Houston. I hate Houston more than I hate the Astros. They like, haven't I, had the, to play yet. Houston more than I hate the, Astros. <laughs> <Houston> <laughs> saying, Ryan, the Wait, What? You hate I the hate city? Houston? What did the city do? <laughs> I hate the Astros city, far more than I hate city. the Mets. The Mets is more so like uh I have a couple of Mets fans who are friends of mine or like got me gave me shunts where that maybe tease a little bit, you know, but the they're, at least the Rays and the Jains, you know, they're out of it, right? Every, you know, you're playing Cleveland, you're favored in that matchup. If you get an, a matchup with the Astros, you know what? You've got better pitching than you've ever had before. Your lineup's better than, Judge is better than he's ever been. You have a full, you know, a fully healthy John Carl Stan. hopefully. Anthony Rose is going to get his first taste of postseason baseball outside of the wild cards, that one wild card game. You know, you've got Severino. And the time he has, won the World Series also. You're right. right? Yeah. And that Look. time too. We Can't forget <laughs> about that. Look. I mean, I meant as a Yankee, but, you know, (laughs) my point more so is like, if not for Rizzo, let's think about one year. (laughs) My point more so is this team is not last year's team. This is not the year before. This is like a lot of people want this team to fall in the ALCS. We could say I told you so. Screw that noise. Go be a Yankee fan. Go root for this team. If you're going to the stadium, go get, you know, go get hype. Go to the stadium. Have your fun. If you're watching with family or friends, have fun with it. You know, you never know when you're going to get back to this point. You never freaking know. Go have fun with this. Screw that noise about everyone telling you they're going to get knocked at this point. If they go face the Dodgers, Dodgers are going to kill them. I don't care who they face. Go in there and you go have fun, right? Postseason baseball, in the Bronx people—we're guaranteed at least two games of postseason baseball in the Bronx. If you get past it, we'll get maybe three games of post more. On top of that, we want post—we get postseason baseball in the Bronx, playoff baseball, important games. We'll be thinking about all year. There's a chance <laughs> to win the twenty-eight title this year. Dude, screw everyone who's on here with the Astros. Smoke the Yankees. Oh, smoke the Yankees. I hope that we fucking smoke them, bro. If we smoke the Astros, I'm gonna be unbearable on Twitter, dog. Every single one. Oh, yeah. I'm coming for all of you. I hope everyone on Twitter is serious. I'm coming for you. If you said shit about the I'm coming for you. I'm gonna be there. Be at the second that the Yankees win it, third out. I'm gonna have four or five tweets lined up. I'm gonna get it all lined up. <laughs> video, video, tweet, 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 tweet. I'm going to add like 100 tweets on my Twitter feed in the span of 30 seconds, bro. Have fun with this. All right. I hope they get there. I hope they get this team. I don't want people seeing here and say, can't wait till we get beat by the Astros. Screw that. Stop being a loser. stopping being a defeatist. Stop hating this team. Aaron Judge is my lord and savior. Luis Severino's going to be roaring on the mound in the Bronx. Let's have fun with
2: this. If you're not uh, what a, what a rant run Jeez, through a wall, wall
0: <laughs> at this point, like
2: I, I just don't know what I to I feel like this you. is What's... the scene in Rudy where he's like inspiring the team and Rudy's just
3: like, mm, wasn't that a, <laughs> was that a question about the bullpen? It was <laughs> a question <laughs> about the bullpen. It was. Wait, it was, it was I... a question
0: <laughs> about the last guy in the
3: bullpen. <laughs> okay. Actually, I would like to add two things. One is related Please. to that. Okay, so <laughs> I will save the actual bullpen thought that I had. The first thing I do, I mean, obviously, we all echo everything you're saying, because that was pretty awesome. Um, I will say that Game 5 of the 2019 ALCS, like, who thought walking away from that, getting ready to play Game 6 the next day, watching Paxton shove and Hicks homer, like, that would be the last time in three years that we would see playoff baseball in the Bronx. I mean, if that doesn't show you, like, this stuff can turn around on a dime, I don't know what does. One other thing to say in terms of the bullpen, I'm kind of the more I think about it, the more I'm getting on board with closer or late inning Jamison Tyon in the in the playoffs. I'm, I was
0: thinking about that today.
3: Would you? And I pose this to the group: Would you start Herman in, if we get if you got to a later series? Would you willingly make him your fourth starter? And if Tyon turns out to be a weapon, I mean, I know we don't have to think about that right now. And if it goes well, because I'm starting to think like I have visions of like 2018 Chris Sale coming in in the ninth to close out a World Series from tie on. You could
0: definitely get a little frisky with high leverage JMO. You absolutely could. Because here's the thing, Nick, I know you talk to Ryan a lot, so I feel like you're going to answer this question capably. What is the one thing you don't want a guy who comes in from the bullpen to do?
2: Oh, oh, well, now this is a, this is oh. mm. You don't. I think you. Well, you want them to say no to walks. You want so them. What to you say don't want no them to walks. do is say yes to walks. <laughs> exactly. Which Ryan apparently did, by the way, in his blitz ball game the other day. Oh, Ryan! But she was trying to brag about having eight Ks hey, and four innings. Dude, Didn't you I walk five, five Ryan.
1: Walk. Yo, I hadn't thrown a blitz ball in a while. I was working on the cutter, you know, working on the. My sweeper dog, bro. My in game rivals...
2: isn't the time to try new things, bro. Maybe hey man, yo, they the couldn't touch me,
1: bro. I, bro,
0: my. So as I was saying, <laughs> Jameson Tyone doesn't walk people.
2: <laughs> no, he does not. Very good at that. And lowest rate in the league, right? Or second lowest in baseball behind low- Kluber. Believe so.
0: And the idea after all these years of watching Araldus Chapman and even like recent Zach Britton and like David Robertson had a talent for getting in and out of trouble and D. D. cleaning up other people's messes. But the Yankees have put us through a lot of high leverage relievers who love to load the bases and Jameson Tyone doesn't do that. And obviously you can never predict the dynamics with moving a starter to the bullpen and how he's going to respond. And it's not something he has experience doing. He obviously doesn't have playoff experience coming from Pittsburgh. Um, but I I kind of think high leverage Tyone could be like a like a thing. Listen, like I know he he had like the first inning thing last year, right? But that's gone. And I just I really like the idea of a guy who's just not gonna put anyone on base. If anything goes wrong, it's because of Babip and can just get out. And like you need someone, it's a two-one game going into the sixth and you take out Severino and you put in Tyone and you get two innings out of him. Like now you just have to worry about the eighth and ninth and you have Holmes and Peralta and you also have low ready to be the closer. Like I really like the dynamics that he creates for this moment. You need no, people to point.
3: step up right. in October, like every single world series run, every single playoff successful run. Like it has a guy who you didn't think was going to be in that role. I mean, damaso like, that's <laughs> i will never forget him coming in to strike out chase utley and ryan howard and like that would have never crossed my mind pre-playoffs it's it's like the the small things like that like i don't know if it actually happened but i feel like it is an x factor like that's one thing i will say about this yankees team like there is obviously a lot can go wrong but i feel like more than like in past years there's so many x factors that i'm like this is really realistic if this guy could come in and do this like that any given guy could
0: be the guy right and, and like even effort could be the guy yeah. i so i was gonna say that nick and i want to let you run with this when ryan was talking about not having lefties and then he went on that whole thing um <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> uh like who who's the guy who's gonna get out batters from both sides it might be Scott Efros, and that could lead to some really interesting opportunities. So, I want to hear what you have to say about Efros.
2: I mean, you look at what Efros did this year, and granted, I will say it was a bit of a limited showing with the Yankees because of his injury. And because, for one, once again, the Yankees didn't do their due diligence with the player's injury history when they acquired him. Literally happened to Frankie Montas, too. Harrison Bader retraded for, and he was on the IL for a month in a prior to trading at for the time. <laughs> so it's like, guys, look, you know, at the end of the day, they seem to have worked out because I believe it was our um, uh, my boy Addison at AT World or at Yankee World on Twitter. Um, he, he posted an awesome, an awesome tweet, which was uh, Montgomery is no longer in the playoffs, but Bader is. I think that's all I need to know. Hashtag cash. God reigns supreme. Like like that's what I'm saying. Like this. If F Ross can be that guy. And the reason I think he can is entirely because of his delivery and windup. There are we have no one else in the bullpen that does a sidewind like that. There is no one else. They, very, very few players left in baseball like him and Simber esque now in the league because those guys have kind of fallen off more and more. And a lot of them that we saw at the beginning are like 39 now, like Darren O'Day. Mm-hmm. But I think that the reason that is him is because he throws, he doesn't throw 97, 98, where he's trying to get stuff by you. He simply is methodical enough pitches to both halves of the plate. And that's what plays really well against righties and lefties. And like on the season, granted, it's a, it's a bit of a small sample size because he only threw 56 innings. I mean, only for a reliever. That's pretty good. But against lefties, I mean, they were slugging 211 against righties, 338. So for me, if you can get anything under 400 for slugging against an op- opposition, that's good enough. Aroldis Chapman, on the other hand, I'm pretty <laughs> sure people were slugging like 710. But Efros, I trust. I don't know why I trust him so much, because technically speaking, he is a rookie still. Um, But it's the same reason, I guess, I trust Marinaccio. I think Cohn and O'Neill and Michael K were going into it a lot in the last week of the season where... At this point in the year, you're no longer considered a rookie if you proved yourself at this level. You're considered an everyday guy. And that's what happened with Efros. And I think he can be used in a lot of high-leverage situations, especially without my guy, Ron the Don, for the DS. I'm so bought in on that. I'm so mad. And it's once again because stupid
3: oh, a yeah, doofus
2: No, this ah!
0: Chapman got Mike King injured. And Ron Aaron Aaron twice, Accio twice. injured.
2: One wasn't enough for him. He had to go back for more. He had to go back and finish him off. I hate you, Aroldis. Enjoy Miami, you stupid bum.
0: Okay, so we're never going to have to see Aroldis Chapman pitch for the Yankees again. I think that's terrific. Maybe we'll um, see him in
2: Scranton next year because no one wants him.
0: <laughs> the Yankees do love to do that. Um, okay, so let's let's start talking a little bit about this series with Cleveland. Um, I really like the way the pitching matchup shake out for the Yankees. Um, so you got Cal Quantrill going up against Garrett Cole on Tuesday night. Cal Quantrill is uh, just a complete fraud, right? Like his, his ERA and FIP are both like two runs lower than his expected ERA and expected FIP. He's just not very good. I don't know if that makes him a Babbitt merchant or a home run per fly ball merchant or what, but he like the Yankees hit the ball hard in the air a lot. And Cal Quantrill is not ready to deal with that um and we all know how garrett cole has fared against cleveland in the playoffs as a yankee uh he dominates them with the exception of josh naylor i guess but like who really cares um honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna be very very clear here and if this comes back to bite me it comes back to bite me jose ramirez is a yankee killer i expect jose ramirez to be very good in this series There is not another hitter in Cleveland's lineup of whom I am scared. Andres Jimenez is a phenomenal defender, but he just had this incredible season because he is a Babbitt merchant. Um, He's never going to have this much offensive production again. I'm not scared of him. The Indians' Guardians just scored. He said the thing! the the guardians just scored three runs in 24 innings i know i was clowning on the rays earlier for scoring one run in that time the guardians only scored three the yankees scored like 20 runs in 16 offensive innings the last time they played the rays and it was it was the same guys like i i i think that going up against Quantrill, who's not their number one starter uh, going up against the bullpen that, even though it got a few days to rest, was still taxed a lot. Um, you know, even if it gets to Class A, he already has you know a multi inning appearance under his belt this playoff. Like, I just I think it shakes out really nicely. Uh, the Yankees have not been terrorized by Shane Bieber. Um, And Nestor's obviously phenomenal. Like, I think it shakes out very well for the Yankees to get out to a 2-0 lead. And then whatever happens in the Seve McKenzie, you know, game three in Cleveland happens. But I really like the way that these matchups shake out. And I think this is what we're observing is the advantage of winning your division. Like, win your division, have a good record. You're not going to have to face a team's number one in game one of the division series. And the Yankees earn this advantage. And I expect them to take advantage of it. Whipple, where are you at with these matchups?
3: I mean, I'm right there. I think the Yankees bats match up really well against the pitching staff. It's velocity for me. I mean, Quantrill is probably the hardest thrower of the starters. Like Bieber's stuff is good, but he doesn't throw that hard. And like you said, the Yankees have had success against him. Um, I, I just think they're good at hitting, you know, they're, they're good at hitting guys like that. They've, they've done it before they've done it all year. And I'm, I'm not concerned. Um, and even if i am concerned i think that's even where cleveland matches up better against the yankees like i think the yankees bats match up well against cleveland's pitching i think the yankees pitching will dominate cleveland's bats i mean it that i mean that's not even like the the cleveland offense like you said they scored barely they scored 3 runs in against the rays and you know that that series was full of good pitching but it was also full of bad hitting like i was not impressed by either of those offenses Jose Ramirez is great. You know, Andres Jimenez had a good year. But overall, like, this team is un- they are one of the youngest teams. I think they're the youngest team average age-wise in the majors. They, they don't have experience. And you can tell me that means they'll play young and loose and free and easy. But that also tells me that they don't know how to handle, you know, a— Uh, On game two, it's supposed to be bad weather, you know, pouring rain night in the Bronx. Everyone's screaming at them. You know, Nestor Cortez, lefty killer. Cleveland matches up terrible against lefties, like situations that are not set up well for them. They don't know how to handle that. Um, And anything can happen for sure. But like you said, I think the first two games are excellent matchups for the Yankees and whatever happens in the third game happens. But I feel like this, you know, if they win the first two games, I, I think they go back with the momentum. I think they just have to set the tone at game one because losing that first game would be really bad when you have Bieber and McKenzie lined up back to back. So I'm, I'm most concerned about starting off strong game one. I think if they win game one, then, you know, the rest is doable. Um, Nothing is easy, but I, I just don't, I'm not impressed by this Cleveland team. I think they're by far the worst team left in the playoff bracket by and four. Yeah. I mean, I think the Mariners are better than them. So <laughs> maybe in the future, they'll we'll fix always refer to the, the Phillies, season. but I can, I can, I can see the being worse No, than This Phillies. is a, this is a yeah. pro
2: Phillies outlet. Why Ryan, are you pro Phillies yeah. outlet? will
0: love the Phillies. Ryan, what? what's your, where, where do you come down on these matchups?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I hold enough, a lot of respect for Cleveland in the sense that I think that, you know, having a great pitching staff and, you know, having, good players, even if they come out of nowhere, you know, all you need is for them to be red hot. I think this is going to be a competitive team. I think, you know, I don't think anyone here is necessarily looking at them and saying, yep, easiest sweep in the world. No. Um, Even if, you know, I I don't think they're the best. I think they they are probably the least talented roster left in the postseason, but, you know, even not very talented rosters or not highly talented rosters when optimized properly can go out and have success in October. But for Cal Quantro, I mean, I'm extremely concerned about him pitching in New York in Yankee Stadium. He doesn't get whiffs. This Yankee team is a team that when they make contact, they typically do great things with it. Um, you know, he, his walk rate is 6.1%, which is strong, but it isn't like that, you know, that like Jamison town or Kevin Gosman rate where it's like, wow, this dude doesn't walk anybody. He's never going to walk like a guy.
0: Two and a half to one strikeout to walk or something. Right. Like it's fine.
1: It's, it's not off the charts. So no. it's the strikeout to walk percentage is right around 10%. That's, that's below way below league average. Right. And then you look at the home run per nine rate, it's one01 um, I'm not saying that that's bad, but again, we're talking about a guy who doesn't get whiffs, right? A guy who relies on, and you know, again, the, the look at the, the ground ball rate, 42.1%. This is a guy who does not get whiffs. I'm concerned about how that plays. And I know he throws a cutter and cutters typically have run lower pips and you can overperform your ER with your ERA a little bit, but it's to an extent where it's like, if the Yankees can handle a cutter, the Yankees will beat this beat up Kyle Cole. He'll beat up Kyle Quantrill. He got two strikeouts when they faced him. Gave up three runs over six innings. You know, and you know, I would say that's a if they if they got an outing out of Quantrill, they'd be happy. Um, you know, I would say I would want the offense to do a little bit more than that. You know, if Garrett Cole goes out and shoves, you know, the Yankees will win that game if they score three runs and Cole shoves. Uh, but you know, this team should be sitting cutter, be ready to hit the cutter, and they'll they'll do a job if, if that happens. You know, Quantrill, his ERA is not like wildly different against teams above five hundred. Um, but ERA is fickle, man. It, it's a tough thing because, especially in October, you really need to get whiffs in October. You really need to go out and get strikeouts. It, I mean, just as much as that cutter is a you know a pitch you can overperform your bat with, it's not a pitch you're getting a lot of whiffs with, right? So if IKF just jam shots one to right field, or you know Cabrera porches one, right? Like that's that, that could change a series. I think there are Quantrill relies a lot of, on things that you can't control necessarily as a pitcher, um, and that can work in your favor or that can work against your favor. For Bieber McKenzie, I think those two are stellar pitchers. I yeah. was extremely impressed. Yeah, McKenzie, with McKenzie owned us
2: too when he pitched against us in July. Yeah, with, I'm with one impressed. hit, one walk, seven innings.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed with his ability to go deep into games. Bieber, I mean, he went out, and I know that's to raise offense, but he went out and showed he can he can pitch deep into a playoff game. I think, you know, for his confidence, I think that's good for him. You know, Bieber isn't a pushover, but, you know, I have Nestor Cortez out there, and I feel like those two are going to be evenly matched in that playoff game. And then for McKenzie versus Severino, you know, you, as you mentioned, you know, at that point, you know, you're, you, you take what you get from that game game and kind of try to win game four game five at think Severino, you know it's gonna get overlooked a little bit because Cortez has that you know that stellar season and Cole obviously is the ace of the staff but Severino's stuff plays with anybody's you know um and as for town in the bullpen I mean his the stuff plus on his slider is great it registers at a 109 that's a really good pitch right there you know the fastball is a little more league average in terms of stuff plus but most fastballs are you know if you focus on that one two punch throwing some curveballs there against lefties you can really hone in on what he does very well and you could get great results Of him, I feel really good about this pitching staff. I want to clarify, you know, I really do feel good about this pitching staff. They run out a lot of guys who have great stuff. I mean, you look at the three guys in your rotation, Cole and Severino have legitimately like mind, mind bending stuff. Cole, I think led uh, all starting pitchers or was at least second in stuff plus uh, and in pitching plus. And in terms of uh, Luis Severino, he grades well into the stuff plus in terms of his slider and then the fastball. I mean, his his fastball was this is the first time, uh, the first last three starts was the first time, uh, since 2018 that he went three straight starts with the fastball at 97 or higher in terms of velocity. Stuff plus climbed all the way up to 112, which is really, really good. I mean, to kind of compare it to other guys, it was ahead of guys like Nathan Navaldi, you know, ahead of, you know, guys like Walker Bueller. You know, these are guys who I know, I know some of these guys. You know, whatever it may be. Uh, But those guys had pretty strong seasons, better than Brandon Woodruff had a strong year, or these guys are established starters. You know, he went out and he shoved. He went out and shoved. He has, you know, amazing stuff. Uh, The Yankees can legitimately go out and score average four runs in this series. You might be a little disappointed, but they could sweep if they average four runs every game, right? So that's.
0: There's no doubt we're getting the best version of Luis Severino that we've seen in a long time. And. As you said like the Yankees don't have to score 10 runs a game even though that's what they did the last time they played a playoff series against Cleveland uh to to beat this team like the as good as this offense is pitching is still the strength of the Yankees and uh Nick I'd like to get your thoughts on something Ryan said that I reacted pretty strongly to which is um Shane Bieber, who in 2020 won the Cy Young and the Pitching Triple Crown while Nestor Cortez was like bouncing around the minor leagues, uh, is going up against Nestor in game two. And Ryan said, look, like, Shane Bieber's great, but I feel good about having Nestor Cortez out there. How incredible is it? I've been thinking a lot about the Yankees' development of pitching and just like talent acquisition in that area, especially inexpensive. We touched on it a little bit with Efros, like... How incredible is it that we're talking about a guy who in 2020 had, you know, one of the best pitching seasons we had seen now shortened season, you know, who knows what would have happened in the other hundred games, but spider-tack.
2: <coughs> spider-tack. <laughs> Spider
0: look, whatever, whatever it was, we're talking about that guy and Nestor Cortez is the same quality of pitcher. How incredible is that?
2: I mean, it's, it's what you love about the sport of baseball. It's like it's like the, the classic Moneyball scene. Like, how can you not be romantic about baseball? It's, 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 this is exactly what it is. That's the epitome of why baseball is the best sport in the world. I mean, you can say soccer. I love soccer, football. But like baseball to me, it's just crazy because you've got guys from all over the world. Any walk of life, you can literally, just like in soccer, you could have been playing in like the favelas in Brazil, or you could have gone through the greatest academies in Spain. Same with baseball. You could do everything and work your ass off, or you could come from nothing in get here. And Nestor Cortez, kid from Hialeah. He's just him. He it's it's insane. Like our, earlier in the year with Empire Sports Media, Ryan Ryan and I dubbed him the people's ace cuz I mean, he pitches on behalf of the people. He's not making 300 million million to start game 1 of the postseason. He's just there because of the fact that he worked his ass off to get there. And that's what you how can you not admire what Nestor has done and the road he's come down to be where he's at right now? He just had the lowest single season ERA in Yankee, like post-integration history, passing the Louisiana Lightning, who got good. passed twice this year, by the way. Poor tough year for Ron. <laughs> First call passed him with the K's, and then Nestor's like, watch this, and then had a lower ERA than he did. But it's pretty good. Like, like I, I I completely agree with everything Ryan said and what you're saying. Like he's gonna be able to go toe-to-toe with one of the better guys in baseball. A lot of people coming into this year had Shane Bieber as a huge bounce back candidate from last year and as one of the best arms in the league and now Nestor you're looking and it's like well I I feel as good with our chances if not better if I'm being honest Nestor doesn't really I, I feel like Garrett not Garrett Shane Bieber gets a lot of babbitt luck and was a very big benef, benefactor of spider attack when it was around his stuff is not nearly as good now as it was two years ago let's just be honest that doesn't mean he's not a good pitcher at all but Kind of going also back to something, Ryan, you said, where you're like, this isn't the easiest sweep. It's not, but it's a sweep. I'll go ahead and say that right now on air. The Yankees it. will sweep this team. I love only it. Only because of the fact that the guy I'm most worried about is their game three starter, and that's Tristan McKenzie. And Tristan McKenzie's 24.
0: But he has to go up against Luis Severino. Yeah, He also <laughs> weighs
2: like five pounds. Yeah, yeah, that too. But that, that as we've seen, that don't matter. Dude's floating in the air, but delivering heat behind the plate. So I... I just and like you said, the lineup, what the Yankees hit 254 home runs this season, led baseball. The Indians, <clears throat> the Guardians, <laughs> hit 127. <laughs> 127. The Yankees doubled the amount of home runs. And as you've seen good. on every postseason graphic and every postseason story and every MVP, whoever hits the more, whoever hits more long balls, whoever hits more extra base hits wins the game. Contrary to, to what, to what Alex Rodriguez said. You don't have to bunt and put the ball in play to get on the bases. No, hit home runs. That's imagine, how you win.
0: Imagine being like fifth all time in home runs and fifth all time in strikeouts, and saying that hitting a bunch of home runs and striking out a lot isn't <laughs> is not uh, going to win is, the game. Is no. not going to win you any game. Like, does A Rod think A Rod was bad at baseball? It just kind of seems like he does.
3: Nothing beats A Rod's take. I think it was the Sunday night Yankees Red Sox game at the end of last year where he said. They should just leave Jordan Montgomery out there no matter how many runs he gives up just to develop him. Like if he gives up five runs, six runs, he's staying out there. I was like, A-Rod, what you gotta let him go through the, go through
2: the motions, <laughs> dude. You know, right. I mean, like Not if like you're getting game...
3: shelled, leave them right. in
2: the
1: game. <laughs> game wasn't Obviously. a must-win
3: or anything. Alex, Rodriguez. like it's the Tigers game.
1: <laughs> there is a there is a there is a at least uh, uh I'd say at least a 25% chance. Then this is how my head would like to view this that Alex Rodriguez uh, just had, like, severe memory loss and just remembers himself <laughs> as the gray guy. He gets the butt down, you know, puts the ball in place, slaps it the other way. You know, he... he uh, a Rob remembers always...
2: himself as Brett Gardner. He, no, did dude, you know he has the number twelve jersey for IKF, and it's not one of the, it's not one of the I fake know. ones Is though. It? No, it's not one of the real ones. It has Connor Falefa on the back.
1: <laughs> he definitely, he definitely looks back in his career. And he's like, out of all things I regret, it's not being a contact guy. Like I don't. Damn! Know, like, I wish I dropped
3: more sacrifice buns. Well, you, you know, he just wishes he was Eric Chava He wishes he yeah. was.
0: <laughs> do you ever, you ever miss Chavez when he's up there? Um, okay, we've gone far too long, so there are a couple things we need to do here. Around the horn predictions. Nick, I'll start with you. The playoffs start in 22 hours for the Yankees. How far is this team going?
2: Well, here, here's, here's what's going to sound kind of crazy, I guess. And it's going to sound biased because this is the Yankees podcast. So why not root for this... your team? But before the season, Ryan and I talked about this. My prediction for the postseason was Yankees beat the Brewers in the World Series. I missed on the Brewers. But then again, right. God missed on the Brewers. <laughs> so I think that the Yankees, are. I, I still hold true to my AL prediction. The Yankees will get to the World Series. As for the NL, I'm going to say something so far out of my ass that I never thought I'd say this, and especially after saying I hate this team, Bryce Harper is going to do the most devil voodoo magic we've seen since the Bayou itself, and he is going to go off and lead the Phillies to the World Series. Yankees-Phillies, bring me back to 09. You know what else we're going to do? We're going to put Hideki in the lineup just (laughs) for fun. Game one. DH in it and he's going to put the team and the city on his back, but no legitimately Yankees go to the World Series. I think they dismantle Houston, dismantle Houston, not sweep, just make a fool out of them, embarrass them, maybe lose one game three to two, but win every other game by at least four runs. You know why? Because this is it. I know everyone's talking about the Mets collapse and how they are like selling after this season because so many players could be leaving. But for the Yankees, let's think about this. If they don't get past the ALCS, Judge is gone. I'm sorry. If they get to the World Series and win the World Series, how can you let the big fella go? Do it for Judge. Do it for Ron Marinaccio and the DS. Get to the ALCS so he can come in and make fools out of those cheaters from Houston. Anyways, yeah, Yankees get to the World Series, beat the Phillies 4-2. Beautiful. Yankees in six.
1: Uh, Ryan, how far is this team going? Um. Okay. So it depends. I think the ALCS is like, they beat the Astros. Like I'm picking them to win the world series. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying to say like the Astros, the best team in the league, but like psychologically speaking, there are just some, there are just some demons that we would have slayed at that point in time that it's like, you know what I mean? Like the vibe, I, I actually, know I, actually I mean? didn't
0: take major issue with that line of thinking. People are like the Astros have beaten the Yankees in three postseason series. The only player who was on either the 2015 or the 2017 team who's still there is Aaron Judge. Aroldis Chapman's not on the team oh, anymore. Right, Judge. There's not a chance that he's going to be playing. There's only one player Remaining on the Yankees, who appeared in either of those series,
3: uh Luis Severino. Yeah, and yeah, I guess Luis Severino was really good.
0: <laughs> and so was... Hicks, but like it's okay. <laughs> no, guys, I get your. No, I, I get your. It's, se- no, get it's, your se- it's three guys. Like me. a bunch of guys were on the 2019 team, but even that team was meaningfully different than true. this one. I mean, Very it true. had Gary Sanchez and Didi Gregorius and Brett Gardner, and it was you know Rochella, Edwin Encarnacion, like. These, the idea that the past playoff series against Houston matter, I just don't buy into it. Like I'm sure that the Yankees don't like Houston, and I'm sure that they would like to beat them because they've been the class of the American League for a long time, and I'm sure that you know, the few of them that were on that team still harbor ill will towards Houston for stealing a series from them while cheating in 2017 and probably doing the same thing in 2019, because why would you stop if you weren't getting caught and it was working? Um, But I just don't buy that like the vibe in the clubhouse is, oh my God, if we could just beat Houston, we'd be invincible. Like I like, what does is, what is Garrett Cole care about that? What does Nestor Cortez care about that? Like, what does Jameson Tyone care about that? What does Harrison Bader or Oswaldo Cabrera you know, any of these what Josh Donaldson, Matt Carpenter, what do they care? Like this is a different team. It is the best team in the league. I understand what you're saying, and it would be huge for momentum and it would be great for vibes, but I think we create that so much more in our narrative as fans than I can even fathom it existing in the clubhouse.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't think it matters in the clubhouse. I'm just talking about like internally, I can't get out again. If I get out again, I have a balcony yeah. in my apartment. So I don't go <laughs> against that. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I mean it, it I think if they can get past the Astros which I think they can you know I've been very much uh, we don't have to get into my thoughts about that again yeah. um, but you know what this team is talented I think they can get to a World Series if they do get to the World Series I think the team they'll be opposing is I, I just can't pick against the Dodgers to win the National League pennant uh, that seems so freaking good uh, but maybe the Padres are the team of destiny in the National League, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe they maybe they got some voodoo magic. They just took down the Mets. Maybe they maybe they take down the, the Dodgers. But I, I got the Dodgers going to the World Series. Um, and if the Yankees get there, that's who will play. I don't want to sit here and, and talk about. I think they're going to beat the Astros, and that too much? Because I'm going. I've already used up my rant, and I and I don't want to also <laughs> create karma where like I jinx us. So I'm going to leave the AL ambiguous. I'm just going to not comment on the matter because okay. if i i you know i i jinx way too much dodger probably do. yeah we series. might just you want to do have here.
2: really bad jinx you know situation. what? let
1: me just say the ash are gonna win the LCS. the dodgers are gonna win the dependent the, the, the and if the ink if the ink is win they'll lose the dodgers yeah yeah that's okay. what i'll say there we go yeah yep, how far perfect. is this team
3: going see i gotta push back a little on what you were saying as a pushback on the pushback because i think that things got everybody Everybody in this clubhouse, there might just be a few players, but I think when you get on this team, when you join the Yankees, you are taught to you. The world series is the only thing that matters. And you realize the history that is coming along with it. And you know, even if you did not participate in 2017, you know what happened. Even if you were not there when Altuve walked off the Yankees in 2019, you know what happened. I think everybody is fully aware of what's gone on with this team and you know, maybe not the exact details, but the fact is it's been 13 years and it's been six years with this current iteration of the Yankees. And I think there is, there's not pressure, but I think there are demons. And I feel like this Yankees team is finally in the position because of what you said. Well, because they have veteran guys who have been there before to combine with the young guys, I think sometimes they've leaned too heavily on the vets sometimes they lean too heavily on the young guys i feel like this team is the perfect combination and you know what you know who's been there for all these years mike harkey <laughs> mike <laughs> harkey sat around and told them all stories of every single thing that's happened since 2009 and so we're all living through mike harkey i feel like mike harkey going to get to cast off some demons this year Preseason i had yankees dodgers Um, I actually feel like the Braves are my pick to come out of the national league. I feel like there's a momentum with them, um, being the defending champs, also just the way they've played. Um, I don't see them. Well, I, I mean, I could see the Dodgers winning. I just feel like the Braves are going to be the pick, but I, if it's not going to be this year, when is it going to be like, it, this is the team that needs to and can and is capable of being Houston. Their pitching is the best it's been since 2009, if not better. I mean, I would take these guys over the CC, AJ, Andy... Pettit trio and uh, relax opera... a little bit,
2: relax, relax, relax. And let's big, big game, Andy. Andy. The stare okay. is, is evokes fear let's... in grown ass men. All right, I'm, I would just I'm like, I'm say... this over. I'm oh, I, no, I <laughs> would just like
3: to say that AJ Burnett and Andy Pettit had ear above four in 2009. And if we had two yeah, guys but with the the one environment four, was different. I know, and Andy was like 47. Would own Come on, <laughs> okay, okay. Would own all I will them. just say that the Yankees are this is the year and. We literally, if nothing else matters, it's the fact that they have a player who's better than pretty much 99% of players who've ever played baseball um, have been in a single season. And number 99 is going to be a difference maker, I feel. So So Yankees over Braves. And I think it's going to go a full seven. It's not going to be easy.
0: uh, See, I can't have you doing this thing where the Yankees won the World Series on the road. So um, look, uh, it's been a long season. Uh, it was a long time to get to this point. There was a lockout. Um, the lockout was lifted. They traded Gary Sanchez. It was really sad. Because Gio. Uh, they traded Gio. Um, Luke Voigt. Traded Luke Voigt. So many uh, guys. Such a different team now. A couple of those guys were traded for domestic terrorists. Isaiah Kiner falefa and Josh <laughs> Donaldson. Um, so... It's, it's been a long season and, you know, things have been weird. Like Anthony Rizzo was second in the AL in home runs for a long time. And then his back stopped working because he's 50 years old. Um, Aaron judge hit 62 home runs, but he didn't hit one for like the first 14 games of the year. So like, maybe it's even more impressive. Um, You know, IKF, like a bunch of people want him to be the leadoff hitter in April. They were wrong. Um, It's just been a weird season. The Yankees were the best team in baseball for multiple months. They're one of the best teams in baseball all year. They ran away with baseball's toughest division. Um, a number of their demons from last year, I think, were exercised. They had winning records against every team in the division. Uh, they held serve against Houston at home, uh, which I think doesn't get enough play. Uh, they played really well in those games. Um. The pitching is phenomenal, as you said, Whipple, the best it's been in a long time. I feel incredibly confident in these top three starters. Uh, The best player in baseball is hitting at the top of their lineup. Uh, He just had potentially the best season since integration, um, which is pretty freaking good. Uh, like literally as good as any season of Mickey Mantle's career. Like, you don't have to wonder what it was like to watch Mickey Mantle. We just saw Aaron Judge do it. That's what it was like. Um, Except Aaron Judge isn't a switch hitter, but like whatever. Uh, <laughs> and he's from California, not Oklahoma. It doesn't matter. Um, The Yankees are going to win the World Series. And I... Look, I occasionally... 2017, 2019... There have been times since the yankees last won the world series that i've said this feels like 2009 but i mean you're telling me the yankees have the greatest season of all time from their best player they have the best pitching we've seen in over a decade they have a ton of walk-off wins walk-off wins hmm? like I just this team they just fit, find ways to win games. And recent Yankees teams really 2018, 2020 and 2021 found ways to lose games, whether it was injuries, whether it was Lance Lynn, whether it was J.A. Happ, whatever it was, they found ways to lose games. This team finds ways to win them. Uh, my confidence is at a 10. This team is winning the World Series. And that's all I have to say. We'll go around the horn for parting shots, but I got to get this edited and posted. So be quick about it, Nick, starting with you. All
2: right, my parting around the horn comment here. I-, I can already see this coming. Tomorrow morning, we get word that a couple of the bullpen arms were not on the bus and that they had a private charter until we find out that Aroldus was behind the wheel and he's just driving them down the coast. <laughs> so what's going to happen is we're going to have some call like, oh, shit, we're missing three bullpen arms. Where'd they go? In a roll, this is all of a sudden going to be a Yankee Stadium ready to go. So I don't know. That's the only if that happens, that's the only way that my vibes could possibly be ruined. At this point, I think that there's going to be whoever we face. It's not going to be easy. Like, no, no, duh. Like, this is this is the postseason. This is where the boys become men and separate themselves from the tryhards and the wannabes. The Mets were a bunch of wannabes. The Yankees are not. The Yankees are the real deal. That's why I believe in him. Sure, my Phillies pick might be from left field, but that's just because I think Bryce Harper is the best player in the National League. But this Yankees team, like you said, Will, there there has never been a group like this before. Even on the bench, there are guys I feel confident with coming in and providing a spark at any given moment. Hell, I think Kyle Higashioka has a very, very big claim to start big games. Okay, Ryan, you're part of the last month. (laughs) I mean, look,
1: I guess what I want to say to you know, as my final thoughts is this is a team I want to see playing as many games as possible. This team is fun. This team has pitching, you know, we finally have, you know, I, I get to see Luis Severino pitch a postseason for the first time, you know, healthy as a starter and forever. You know, I get to see what Nestor Cortez is made out of in October. There's so many things about this team that is different from years past. And you know what, this team can come up short and I'll come back next year in October and we'll, you know, do a podcast. We'll talk about the same thing. We'll say this team's different. Sure. But I, I'm not going to stop. You know, none of the past posts and failures are going to stop me from wanting to enjoy this team. I feel like a lot of people fall into this trap of like, you know, they were, you know, they've lost in heartbreaking ways before. Let me just not like this team. Let me try to hate this team. So if they do it, it surprises me. If they don't, it doesn't disappoint me. You, it takes away the fun from baseball, right? Love your team. Have fun with this, you know. If we lose in heartbreaking fashion, that's 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 part of sports, man. You know, you, you live with that heartbreak. You got a story to tell, you know, about how they were so close or how this happened. And it just right then and there. How many times do have you told? Of, I mean, how many times have I talked about 2019 or you know, mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it to no no end, you know. And if they come out and win it this year, you get to enjoy it. You get to be like, yes, yes, yes. I get to sit here and talk endless amounts of crap after because if you're a ne- like think about it, you're a negative Yankee fan right now. You're trying to tell me that this team's not going to make it to the world series. What are you going to celebrate in the end when they finally do it? If they finally do it, you never know when you get there again, we've waited 12 years, you know, and, and this may be the year, right. But it could be 13, 14, 15, God knows how long, right. You know, it doesn't like, you know, baseball's tough. This is tough. Baseball's a freaking tough sport. There's more rounds hard. than effort. Yeah. And, and the talent pool gets bigger. More teams are getting better, right. Just Enjoy it. Go into every postseason, cocky as a motherfucker, ready to go in there. And I'm sorry for using foul language. I apologize. Uh, But go in there confident and and ready to, to, you know, hopefully have something to celebrate and and, and remember for the rest of your lives. Because, you know, you never know when you're going to see one again. You never know if you're going to see one again. And, you know, this group is special. And, God, it would be great to see Aaron Judge hoist an MVP, the AL home run record, and a World Series trophy over his head, you know in the same, you know, season. So, uh, let's, let's go Yankees, man. Let's go Yankees. I feel good about this team and I'm not going to stop feeling good about this team, uh, until I'm six feet under man, because it's my team. Amen. Dog.
2: Amen Ryan Preach Whipple,
3: finish yes. it off. So what you say about spring training, or sorry, about the lockout brought me back to March. And when we learned the lockout was over, I was immediately, I'm like, I got to get down to Tampa. I booked a flight. Everybody knows. I went with Doug Whipple, frequent podcast guest. We love Doug. 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 Sitting in Tampa, like, I was like, this is the freaking greatest day of my life. Like, the sun was shining. Aaron judge ran out of the dugout. Like I didn't realize this was going to be like the beginning of an MVP generational season. Luis Severino's on the mound again. I didn't realize like this was the comeback for Severino Oswaldo Cabrera hit a grand slam. Nobody knew who he was. And now we're, you know, singing this guy's praises on every podcast. And I feel like the enjoying part, like I a hundred percent agree. And I guess what I'll remember about the season is how close it was to not happening. And from like, the depths from like the edge of the cliff. We came back and like all these little things that I was seeing in Tampa became the spark plugs, the, the shining moments of the Yankee season. And now like here in October, like Aaron judge is the freaking MVP. Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be a playoff star. Luis Severino is going to light it up in game three. And yeah, it's just like, it's been a long time. Like it's been so long since March and we've been there all season but, like, it's been long, but it doesn't feel like last year. It feels like, like you said, only a few teams feel like this. This feels different. It feels special. And I'm so excited to just be there every step of the way. Closing note is I've been to one playoff game in my life. And every year I go to a playoff game, the Yankees have won the World Series. And I will be in attendance for Game 2 of the ALDS. So, you know, the Whipple curse might turn out to be a Whipple good luck charm. It would not that be the redemption story of the century.
0: It certainly would. All right, Ryan, Nick, thank you guys so much for joining us. Everyone can check you out at Fireside Yankees on Twitter, on YouTube. You are Ryan Garcia ESM on Twitter. You are Nick Nielsen ESM underscore on Twitter. People can keep up with us at yankeesfiles.com. We are at Yankees Files on Twitter. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, on YouTube, if the Fireside Boys put it up, Uh, I don't know if we did a good enough job for that, but they'll be the the judges. Um, And look, we'll be back after the ALDS ends, hopefully celebrating a win, previewing a series with either Seattle or Houston. And I'm just so excited for these playoffs. This is going to be a great run. So until next time, let's go Yankees.